Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. There are thousands of amazing self-help books out there, but what happens when you're struggling at the moment and need help now? Well, my new book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook, is your new go-to self-help book. I wrote it specifically for when you don't know how to overcome a challenge. Each chapter gives you a framework on how to tackle your situation. I help you focus on what already works for you. Your situation today may be different, but the emotions you're currently feeling, you felt them before, and you did something that helped you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This book is specifically written to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Purchase your book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Once again, purchase Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. My guest today is Jim Harshaw Jr., an NCAA Division I All-American athlete, internationally recognized TEDx speaker and personal performance coach. He has impacted hundreds of thousands of lives across the world by helping clients and audiences increase resilience, maximize potential, and build high-performing teams. In today's episode, we talk about his coaching framework to help you maximize your potential. Welcome to Lifeology. James, thanks for having me. I am excited. We, I was looking at all your backstory. You've done so many wonderful things. How did you use wrestling to become the person you are today? You know, wrestling has given me so much. Like it's opened so many doors for me in my life, my life. And, um, you know, is the, the, the failures that you go through as an athlete, the, the failures, the successes, the, the framework and infrastructure that you have in your life as mm -hmm. an athlete has really informed, you know, not only who I am and how I operate my life, but even, even my coaching framework. But, um, so I was a, I was a college, I was a high school wrestler, then a college wrestler and an all American. Then I became a division one head coach as well. So, uh, wrestling has been part of my life for a long, long time. That's amazing. I was reading, I think it was 16 years into your career as a wrestler and you, everything just changed for you because you had unfortunately had not won that the, I guess that final um, the final match. How was that for you to work so hard for something? And then unfortunately it wasn't, you didn't win that. How was it to sit in that locker room and experience that? Experience? Yeah. You know, it was, it was my junior year in college and you're right. It was the end of my 16th season of competition and I'd never achieved any of my goals. Like really, even in high school, I never achieved any mm -hmm. of my goals in high school. My goal was to be a state champion. I never even got onto the podium, let alone the top of the podium. Mm. Um, but I got, you know, I got to college and, you know, my goal in college was to be an all American. And to be honest, I didn't even really have that goal at the very beginning because I didn't even know if I belonged wrestling at the division one level. Mm. And mm. I was part of a top 10 recruiting class, top 10 in the country, but I was like the asterisk at the bottom. It, it probably would have been ranked higher if, if I wasn't in it, you know, <laughs> it was like, like, and, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I made the starting lineup as a freshman, which is a big deal for me. And then I qualified for the national championships, which is a huge deal. But to be an All-American, you have to win at least four matches at the national championships. You have to finish in the top eight in the country to be considered an All-American, to be awarded the All-American wow. sort of recognition. And 
my freshman year, I qualified for the national championships, but I failed. You know, my sophomore year, I qualified for the national championships and I failed. Again, my junior year, you know, was pretty much a repeat of the prior two years. I qualified for the national championships and I failed. And so, you know, this, this moment you referenced, like I'm sitting in the locker room in tears, like with my face buried in a towel thinking like, what's wrong with me? Am I not good enough? Am I not smart enough? Am I not mm. capable enough? Maybe it's just not in the cards for me. And I know you, a lot of your listeners sure. are feeling that now or have felt that like, like what is wrong with me? like why I'm working so hard. I'm doing everything I can do. Why can't I get to that next level? And I had dedicated mm -hmm. James, my entire off season between my junior year and my senior year to figuring out what is it that I'm missing because I was voted by my teammates for three consecutive years and my coaching staff, the hardest worker on the team. I mean, I was showing up early, staying late, yeah. watching film, extra weightlifting mm -hmm. sessions. You, you name it, I was doing the work. And I, again, I, I, I think a lot of folks who listen to this, this kind of podcast can understand that, right? You're, you're grinding, you're working hard, but like, what's the missing piece? And mm -hmm. And for me, I, I set out that entire off season to figure out what that missing piece was. And I traveled around the country and I was working uh, as just a camp counselor at wrestling camps. And these camps would bring in like Olympic gold medalists and, you know, national champion and, and national championship coaches. And I would, I would always find a way to like pick their brains wow. and like, what am I, you know, do I need to, you know, do more strength training? Do I need to be more flexible? Do I need to learn new skills? And, and by the end of the summer, I realized like I never figured this out. And, and it was the night before the very first competition of my senior year, my last year of competition. And mm -hmm. I'm sitting in the hotel room in Morgantown, West Virginia, at the West Virginia University Open. And it hit me. I never figured it out. Like I never figured out the thing that I'm missing. Oh, gosh. And I, in that moment, James, I gave up. I gave up on, on the goal. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, all mm -hmm. I can do is all I can do. I can't do any more than I'm doing right. I can't pot. Like there's not enough hours in the day. I can't run more miles. I can't lift more weights. I can't watch yeah. more film. There's nothing else I can do. So all I'm going to do is do everything I possibly can. And then wherever the chips fall at the end of the season, that's where they're going to fall. Well, I didn't know it. And, and you know, it as a psychotherapist. You understand this it is, is you understand that, that, you know, the outcome, like when you, when you are so focused on that outcome and not the process, that fear, that fear of failure that I was feeling can often yeah. get in the way. Like, and I had that fear of failure and I, I finally put that down in that moment. I, I released the fear of failure. I, I realized in that moment that failure actually is an option, you know, despite what, what they say, mm -hmm. whoever they are, right. Failure is not an yeah. option. Well, yes, it is an option. And I realized that. And I said, mm -hmm. I'm okay with failure because I'm just going to go out and give it my best and do whatever I can. And, and, and so I did the next morning I woke up and I won five straight matches. I won the championship at that tournament. And I went wow. on and proceeded throughout the, the rest of the season, having the season of my life. And I had so much fun. And it all came down to, I got to the national championships again. I had won three matches. Now here I am, the fourth and final mm. match. If I win this, I become an All-American. There's 15,000 people in the arena. And here I am, I'm ranked 11th wow. in the country. And I got to wrestle the fourth ranked guy in the country who's on the number one ranked team in the country, University of Minnesota. And oh I, again, had to find a way to let go of my fear of failure because literally 17 years of competing mm -hmm. at that point now comes down to seven minutes. 
And if I thought of it that way, I was never going to perform my best. So I had to push all of that, right? <laughs> I know, you know, right? And I had to push all of that away and literally just go out and just uh-huh. have as much fun as I could, throw caution to the wind and, and give everything I possibly had within that seven minutes. And, and at the end of the seven minutes, I got my hand raised and, and it was a, um, it was a transformative moment in my life. And uh, I'm so uh-huh. grateful for it. What's, what's the same, what's different between that, the junior self, and then the person who is standing on that podium, what's the different, what's the same? It comes down to, you know, we've, we've all heard or maybe read the book by Stephen Covey, uh, the seven habits of highly effective people. Mm -hmm. And one of those concepts he talks about in there is starting with the end in mind. We have to start with the end Mm -hmm. in mind. And we all have that. You have it. I have it. The listener, you have it. We have that end in mind. And sometimes we get so fixated on that, that we, that we focus on that. And there's this fear that drives us. What if I don't make the sale? What if this sales presentation doesn't go well? What if this conversation Mm -hmm. with my boss, uh, for this promotion that I'm trying to get, what if that doesn't go well? What if, you know, what if I fail in my performance, whatever that interview, job interview, whatever it might be, but if we can let that go and just truly be just be be the fullest version of ourselves, then we are able mm-hmm. to, to actually perform at our best. That's when our best performances come. And that's what the great champions, you know, I use sports as an analogy because that's my background, but that's also what we see played out in front of us all yeah. the time. Like the greatest champions, sure, like literally. they're <laughs> able to do that. They're able to put away those fears and those doubts that we all have, by the way, and which that's really the crux of my mm-hmm. podcast is success through failures is revealing the failures and the doubts and the fears of, of these world-class performers. But that was the difference between my junior and my senior year, my junior year, James, I was afraid to fail. And I listen, I won a lot of matches. Mm-hmm. I was a good wrestler. I was one of the top wrestlers in the country, but I was afraid. I was afraid to fail. There was a target on my yeah. back. But once I released that and said, listen, failure is actually an option. I, I, it freed me up. To, mm-hmm. It was so yeah, much fun. Certainly is. It, this might be, this is an obvious response, but I do want to ask this because I want to make sure everyone understands your version of this, which is probably the same as everybody else. What is your definition of failure? Um, you know, I don't have a, a, a clear cut, the definition of failure, mm-hmm. but you know, so there, there's different ways people look at it and you know, failure, okay. you, I, I, you talk to some folks and they say, I don't believe in failure. I don't believe, you know, there's, 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 there's winning and there's learning, right? There's no such thing as failure. But it's a, at the end of the day, it's a matter of semantics, <clears throat> right? It's like, listen, there, you know, sure. I believe failure mm-hmm. is actually a, a building block. I believe it's a good thing. Some people don't even believe in using sure. the word failure. And that's great. That's fine. Right? How are we talking about what well, we're, we're talking about the same thing as when you don't achieve that goal, what do we learn from it? Right. And, sure. and yeah. This is a thing that, that, you know, in, in today's society, we kind of understand this. There's a lot of talk about this, right? I'm not the only person out there talking about the, the value of failure. You know, we see quotes on social media and all that. And, and it's great. And, and, you know, for the parents listening, you tell your kids, Hey, I know you failed little Johnny at the, you know, and, and, you know, and you struck out, but, <laughs> but failure is okay. But, but when that happens to me, we internalize it. We go, Ooh, yeah, the, failure sure. stings. It hurts. It, we, because of it, we, we lower our goals. We settle for less. We lower our expectations. And, and, and that, that leads to eventually us kind of lifting our head at some point in our lives and looking around going, wait a second. 
I thought I'd be further along at this point. And we don't understand yeah. it is these these failures, this view of failure that we have when we make mistakes, when we trip up and when we fail, there's this little voice inside of us that says, see, I told you so. I told you, you weren't good enough. You weren't smart enough. You weren't capable enough. It's not in the cards for you. All those things that I was thinking, all those thoughts come back. So, so in terms of the definition of failure, you know, failure is a it's a building block for success. It is a necessary step on the path to success. We don't listen. I'm not saying we seek it out. I'm not saying we want it. I'm not saying we should fail and, and walk away whistling Dixie and, and smiling and thinking this is great. Like, no, like failure hurts. It sucks. It's, it's not something we want. It's just something that actually happens even to the top world-class performers. We'll be right back. Are you an emerging persona or a global organization that isn't getting recognition from the press? Have your marketing and advertisement efforts hit a plateau? Let us help you take your brand to the next level. Red Heifer Media is a full-service boutique public relations agency specializing in health and wellness, tech, real estate, and nonprofit organizations. We can turn your successful company into a reputable brand. Take your first step and visit www.redheifermedia.com. Once again, visit www.redheifermedia.com to take your brand to the next level. Welcome back. You're listening to Lifeology Radio. I am James Miller, your host. I'm currently speaking with Jim Harshaw Jr., an NCAA Division I All-American athlete, internationally recognized TEDx speaker, and personal performance coach. To find more information about Jim, please visit jimharshawjr.com forward slash Lifeology. Everybody has a form of emotional baggage, or excuse me, baggage in general. So that can be someone assigns calls baggage being a divorced person or being a bankrupt person or whatever label they use, they give themselves. Fortunately, when we do that, we create an, an emotional snapshot of what we assign to that event. So in other words, if I'm, if I consider myself a divorced person, if that is a failure for me, or if I'm a bankrupt person or I'm a sick person, whatever label we use, we assign emotion to that event. And unfortunately that event then becomes who we are, which then becomes the app, the the foundation for how we do something next. So for example, if I did something that I, cons I consider failure, all of the emotion of that moment, I've now assigned to that. So it's a huge amount of emotion that's assigned to that, which then I put on me, and that's what we call baggage because I'm literally carrying it around with me. And so if, when people struggle with looking at one event and that defines them, we forget retrospectively, in other words, when we look at the past, if you wait a second longer, something mm -hmm. builds off of that. My viewers and listeners always hear me say every, every event in our life is like a jigsaw puzzle piece. One jigsaw puzzle piece links with another one, which links to another one, which then creates the picture. There are many things in our life we know where the, like if we're doing a jigsaw puzzle, we know where the boundaries are, the, the corners, that makes sense. But some of those, some of those um, pieces just don't make sense. Like where in the world is this yeah. going to go? And that's the same type of thing when it comes to failure with those situations. But if you wait a little bit longer, you see how it links to something else. Either a door opened for you or an opportunity came about or something happened. And so if we get stuck in that one moment of that jigsaw puzzle piece, for lack of better words, then unfortunately that is the failure, but it's, but bigger perspective allows for it to be a part of something as opposed to only being one yeah. thing. There's a great quote by Steve Jobs. He said, we can't connect the dots in our lives looking forward, only backward. When we look back, we can see that that failure that James, you've experienced, that I've experienced, again, for the listener, you've mm -hmm. experienced this, these failures that we've experienced, we can look back and we, we can see the value from them, right? And, and, and listen, yeah. some of them were like, yeah, I, wish, I still wish they didn't happen, but I guarantee you, you can look back on your life and go, 
I'm grateful for that failure. I'm grateful for that setback mm-hmm. because it has led to this new amazing thing. And it happens all the time with my coaching clients. I understand, like I, you know, they, they, you know, lose their job or they get downsized or something bad happens in, 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 in their life. And I say, sure. you know, like, like, like listen, like, just, just, just trust me. Like, I know it's going to, it's going to be hard to hear this, but like, Good is going to come from this. And then, you know, six months later, a year later, we're mm-hmm. looking back and going, wow, look at, you know, you know, we, we hoped um, that something good would come from this. And look, it has. And so we really have to, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's easy to hear this on a podcast right now, right? The, you know, the tread, you know, you're on the treadmill, if the listener, you're on the treadmill or on your commute to work or on walking your dog or whatever, right? And you're listening to this, but can you actually internalize this? Can you actually take this with you so that tomorrow morning when you get that email that you were dreading or a week from now, uh, you know, that thing happens that, that you were hoping didn't happen or you fail at that next thing. Can you actually look at that and say, listen, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know what the next piece, you know, how this piece of the the jigsaw Mm -hmm. puzzle fits. I don't know, but I'm going to trust that it will fit well, and this will be an opportunity for me to grow. And if you, if you can, if you can make the choice, like, like consciously, at a, at a conscious level, make the choice of saying that, of saying those words, of believing those things, and mm-hmm. thinking those things, even though it's hard, even though it sucks, even though it hurts, even though you're embarrassed or whatever it might be. If you choose to think that, sure. then good things will come from it. Yes. I want to transition into your podcast. Why don't you tell us more about it? Yeah, so success through failure. And, you know, this was, you know, I gave a TEDx talk titled Why I Teach My Children to Fail, which was really the genesis of the podcast. And it was a lot largely Mm -hmm. about my career as a wrestler. And, you know, it was failure through high school, failure through college until the, till my senior season, when I finally figured out the mental part of this. Um, But the podcast is really about interviewing, you know, world-class performers, you know, Tim Ferriss and Jack Canfield, Ken Blanchard, Shannon Miller, Olympic gold medalists. Like I interview Navy SEALs and Olympic gold medalists and see, you know, CEOs and New York Mm -hmm. Times bestselling authors. And we talk about not only their successes and their strategies for success, but also tell me about a time when you failed. And, and man, James, they, they reveal these failures when we, that, that we don't see from the outside looking in, you know, we just see them on the top of the, you know, on the top sure. of the podium, right? Yeah, of course. But we don't see these failures yeah. along the way. And we just look at these people and we kind of go, mm-hmm. oh, it was just easier for them. They had the degree or the connections or the charisma or the money or the whatever, but I don't have that. Woe is me. I can't get there. But I pull back the curtain and reveal that failure is just as big a part oftentimes even bigger a part. And I'm not just saying that for hyperbole. This is the truth. When you look at these world-class performers, failure is an integral ingredient in their success. So that's what the whole podcast is about. It's really the only podcast that that reveals the true nature of success. And I just published four, like 400th episode, by the way. So it's been, been around for quite a while. Congratulations. (laughs) That's wonderful. Yeah, that's great. Yes. I know how that is. That's wonderful. Yeah. I'm assuming you can listen to it on all podcasts. Every platform. It's uh, it's out there everywhere. Yep. Excellent. Okay. That's good to know. Cause I was wanting to transition into this about your show with, with the people that are on there, what would be the, or what was, I mean, I'm sure there's many, but out of your 400 episodes, what was the one that stuck out to you the most? You know, I'll say Tim Ferriss and and not just because he's Tim Ferriss, right? Tim Ferriss, Mm -hmm. obviously a big name. Yeah. 
but the interesting things that he revealed in this, so he, he shared a couple of points. And, and one of them was that, that failure in and of itself does not lead to success. Yeah, I mean, people, you know, you've seen mm -hmm. it. I've seen it. People go through their entire lives as failures. Mm -hmm. um, so failure is not the only ingredient for success. You, it's, it's the learning from failure that comes from failure, right? So we have to actually mm -hmm. hit the pause button, step back and learn from that failure. And that's really the, the, the feedback loop that is necessary. And, and to step mm -hmm. back even one, one more level from, from that conversation to put that into sort of a, a larger picture of a framework. You know, I mentioned earlier that there's an infrastructure in place there when I was competing as a, as an all American wrestler that, that allows you, that, that gives you that feedback loop, right? You have coaches around you, you have teammates and you're seeing them fail mm -hmm. and succeed, of course. Um, and, and you're, you're getting feedback. You're, you're in this environment that even if you fail, you're still propelled forward. You're, there's, there's still a competition next weekend. There's still the yeah, postseason coming mm -hmm. up at the end of the season. Like there's still, there's still this map in front of you. You still have to show up at practice the mm -hmm. next day, you know? Um, so there's this, this framework yeah. that allows you to not just fail in a vacuum, but fail within a framework, within an infrastructure mm, okay. that allows yeah. you to you know, be resilient because failure is hard, but also to learn from it and get better from it. Yeah. And, and this framework is really, something that I, I didn't understand it when I was going through it. And, you know, I showed up at, at the university of Virginia as, as an underperformer and, you know, didn't feel like I belonged there academically. It's the number one public university, academic university in the country. I, I didn't have the grades. Mm -hmm. I had good grades, but not UVA good grades. Um, wrestling wise, again, I told you, you know, I was, I was, I was good. I was not like UVA good, but, but wrestling did open the door for me to get in. And I showed up there and I'm a yeah. blue collar kid from a small town. Like, so this is an affluent school. So I'm like, I'm like so out of my element. And you're from Virginia. You, you lived in Virginia before you're probably familiar with UVA. It's like, it's just yeah. a different kind of school. I went there. Yeah. What, sorry. Yeah. You went there. Of course. Yeah. That's right. You mentioned yeah. you, you went there. And so, yeah. so you're familiar and I just didn't fit in. But five years later, I graduate with an undergraduate and master's degree. I'm a three-time ACC champion. I'm an all American. Right. Uh, I, you know, I had the world by the, by the tail, you know, this is like, I, I, I transformed through this experience. And then that set me off onto a life of, you know, division one was division one head coach. I was the youngest division one head coach in the country. I got into business and I started my first business and that was successful. And I started my second business, raised some angel capital and built a technology company that failed. And I ended up with, you know, mm. dead up to my eyeballs, uh, you know, failed business, struggling marriage, not spending enough time with my kids, wasn't working out enough. I was in the worst physical shape of my life. I was broken, yeah. broken. But as I was shutting down that yeah. business, I look back and I realized there was a framework in place that allowed me to benefit, go back to that Tim Ferriss episode, for, to not just fail in a vacuum, but actually to learn from the failure. And the four steps very quickly as mm -hmm. we, because I know we're sort of ending our time here. Um, number one, you have to have a, a, a clear vision for your life that's based upon your values. And it's mm -hmm. easy to have that when you're a competitive athlete, mm -hmm. but in the real world, it, it's, it's so often nebulous. Like, what is my goal? What does success look like for me? Yeah. You have to define that. And number two, I had goals that aligned with my values, not goals that aligned with you know, what's I see on social media or what's parked in my neighbor's driveway. And, mm -hmm. and you have to have those in every area of your life. And then number three is I had an environment of excellence, right? I had coaches and teammates and these people around me that, that pushed me forward, that helped me learn from failure and help me be resilient and help me have clear goals. And then fourth and finally, you have to have a plan to actually follow through in the long term because that, that is often what throws people off. They get sick or cars break yeah. down or their global pandemic happens and they, and they, they, they fall off the path. I, I appreciate that. I mean, those, those, 
those four, the framework of those four steps, are they really doable? I think it's really good to compartmentalize that and to be able to walk every aspect of that out. Because as you know, as you said, without a framework, I mean, you're just simply going to spin your wheels and then repeat the same struggle over and over again. Unfortunately, our time is up. If my viewers That's and listeners right. want to find out more information about you, to hear your podcast, to work with you, where will they find all this information online? Yep. You can find me on any social media platform. Just search for Jim Harshaw, H-A-R-S-H-A-W. Or if you go to my website, you go to Jim Harshaw, Jr., J-R, uh, for junior.com slash lifeology. Then I will have a link, especially for your listeners, James, and, and you can find a time to schedule a call with me if you want to do a 30-minute one-on-one call. And I can walk you through this process a little more in depth in terms of how it will work out in your own life. Or if you just want to find links to the podcast and get action plans, list, you know, listen to the, you know, the podcast or get the, the PDF downloads of the show notes, I'll have all that there. JimHarshawJr.com slash Lifeology. Awesome. Well, my viewers and listeners also know that if they can't find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifology.com and I'll link you with Jim Harshaw Jr. Thank you so much for being a wonderful guest on my show today. Thanks, James. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.